0: Welcome to another episode of the New Slave Podcast. We are here to inform, entertain, and curate an evolutionary media experience. I am Danny Ray, a.k.a. the Juice Queen.
1: And Breaker Breaker 2-1 Breaker Breaker, it's your man Savvy Hugh, a.k.a. the Corporate Trap God, a.k.a. the New Speaker of the South, a.k.a. Savvy Zulu, the Guru, a.k.a. Mr. A.k.a. Play With Your Mama, a.k.a. Mr. Tell It Like It T.I. Is. And on that note, I got my sister in crime with me, Danny Ray, and it's about time to cook. Let's go.
0: So listen, the purpose of this show, um, on this podcast, we plan to incite you with opportunities of self-reflection by examining our actions and reactions in the world that seeks to neglect and disregard us. Life is not about what happens to us um, or you. It's about how we react. Before we get to the needy gritty, though. Oh, snap.
1: It's that time again, y'all. It's the nigga wake-up call. RIP, rest in power to the late, great brother, Paul Mooney. And on today's edition of the Nigger Wake Up Call, this Nigga Wake Up Call goes out to, you guessed it, it's Brittany Griner. So um, she's the WNBA star who also, I think, plays overseas, um, plays women's basketball, and she was caught with, uh, I think, a THC oil pen or oil cartridge or something like that in her luggage going through a Russian airport. And due to that, she got caught up, and uh, ultimately, she got sentenced to nine years in prison. Yo. I mean, you already know, man, as a marginalized people, you're going to get your call, your nigga wake up call. And um, unfortunately, she had to kind of really suffer the brunt. It was a, you know, kind of a some people think it was an extreme sentence or whatever, but she did commit, I guess, a crime in that country. And um, we don't really know how the laws are or how the laws are enforced there versus here. But it does seem quite a bit excessive. You know, in the U.S., we do know that marijuana is um, kind of on the path of becoming legalized or whatever, but it's not fully legalized in all of the states. But that's the U.S. Um, it's not Russia. And when, you know, when you get caught up, you just tend to get caught up.
0: <sighs> Poor Brittany. Um, the way I feel about this is I the crime just does not, the punishment doesn't match the crime, in my opinion. Um, again, it's another country, and they can be rigid, but I think having some leniency and knowing that she's an American and knowing that in America certain things are okay, she was able to produce a doctor's note that basically says she uses um, medical marijuana or CBD products to help with her anxiety, I think should all be taken consideration. She also, you know, pleaded with the judge to let him know that, like, I wasn't trying to, you know... Break the law. She didn't even have I don't think she had any intent to use it. I think she kind of just forgot that it was there. Um, Again, we can't say for certain, but I definitely feel really, really bad for her because that has to be a scary thing. We don't know the conditions of prison in Russia. We don't know how they're treating her being American. I feel like at this point, she's sort of kind of just a pawn in this political game. And I think it's unfortunate. I think it's unfortunate that um, she's in this predicament.
1: You know, I don't think um, what jail is like in another country versus uh, in this country matters. Like, jail is jail. Like, if you locked up, you locked up. Yeah, some, well, so, some it does conditions matter are... if
0: the conditions are extraordinarily poor. If they're, like, mistreating her on the strength of her being American, yeah. Like, it's it does matter if she's, you know, being treated poorly or unfairly. Like, we might treat inmates better. Maybe. We don't know. But, like... You've seen the movies.
1: But they're, you know, they're not required to adhere to the way that, you know, our standards exactly. are for prison um, as opposed to to theirs. So um, when you, you get caught up, you just get caught up. Um, but, I mean, it's unfortunate, you know, like I mentioned earlier. Um, but I know some people out there, you know, in the social media world or the internets or the interwebs or as we call it, the bandwidths. We're kind of making the argument. Well, if if it was LeBron, if it was like a a superstar NBA player, then um, you know, maybe something would have happened. Maybe the U.S. government would have stepped in, in a more significant way to kind of negotiate, you know, their release or at least kind of a more favorable sentence.
0: I don't think. I think if it was an NBA player, it wouldn't even gotten to that far, because whoever would have found it probably would have been a fan. Would have because NBA players are more recognizable. Um, probably would have somehow disregarded it Or, you know, kept it to themselves I don't think it just would have gotten to that point So, that's my personal opinion WN, WNBA players are just not that Even though she played there, right? Like, you would think I don't know
1: Yeah, I would have thought that too But, um, you know um, It doesn't matter, It doesn't guess. matter, right Yeah, we are where we are at this point And unfortunately, she got her What? <laughs> All right, y'all. So that wraps up today's uh, segment of the Nigga Wake Up Call. But before we get into today's topic uh, topics, I did ask Danny before we left the last episode, does Chris Brown hold a candle to uh, Michael Jackson's legacy? And we got a whole bunch of uh, slew of other topics uh, related to how folks compare certain generations or different artists to other artists, and we're going to get into all of that. And we know that's what y'all came to hear. We know that's what y'all want to see. But before we get into that, we got to do a little bit of house cleaning. So everybody that's listening and paying attention to the channel, we need to make sure that y'all go ahead and do three things for us. Uh, we need to need you to hit the like button, drop a comment, let us know what you think, and. Most importantly, make sure you hit the subscribe button, and if you're on YouTube, also click that notification bell to make sure you catch our updates whenever they drop, as soon as they drop. Mm-hmm. Um, but before we get into these topics, we got to take a quick break, and we got to uh, show some love and pay some bills. So we're gonna, on that note, we're gonna leave it with our sponsors, Hugh Republic and Nirvana Panacea. We'll catch y'all in a minute.
0: All right, we're back with the New Slave Podcast. I'm Danny Ray, aka the Juice Queen.
1: And I'm Savvy Hugh, a.k.a. the Corporate Trap God.
0: And Savvy asked me a ridiculous question before we left. Um, and at the tail end of the last episode, basically something along the line of, do I think Chris Brown can hold a candle to Michael Jackson's legacy? And the fact that you have to compare it to a legacy is enough to be like, that's a retarded question. Michael Jackson's star power was... Like none other I have yet to see it And I know that Beyonce recently Was uh, granted with the title Of the the best entertainer Or the biggest entertainer alive Um, And that may be very true But as much as I like Beyonce um, Or appreciate Beyonce I still wouldn't say I still wouldn't put her on the same level As Michael Jackson
1: Well yeah I don't think um, We'll ever see a talent Oh lord I don't think we'll ever see a talent like uh, Michael Joseph Jackson. Um, In my opinion, he is the GOAT. Um, I don't think anybody can compare to him. But what makes him so great and so dope is that he recognized, like, where he came from. He recognized where he got his sauce from. And he always gives it up to James Brown. You know, James Brown is his OG. He always give it up and he always, you know, acknowledged that anytime anybody asked him what his inspiration was. And so I actually got to give credit to the youngster Chris Brown because I want to say I saw in a recent interview – where he was asked about, like I guess, comparing him to Michael Jackson, and he's like, "Man, what kind of stupid question is that?" He's like, "You know, everything I know, I got from that man. Like, I got it from from Michael. So, yeah, you know, a it's, it's fan. yeah, it's refreshing to see like the youngsters really give it up and acknowledge, you know, where they, you know, where their inspiration comes from, and like knowing that, like, you know, I wouldn't be here without the folks that came before me. So, and and I really yeah. just
0: think that people have a very short memories. Um, because if you ever seen Michael Jackson perform and saw how white people were passing out and being um, carried out of the arena in gurneys (laughs) Then you know you couldn't compare um, Chris Brown to his legacy. It was, it was wild. People were sweating, passing out. Like I've I've never, I have yet to see anything like it.
1: You ain't never (laughs) laugh, you ain't never laugh. Yeah, me neither. So, um I don't really think um we'll ever see anything uh, of that magnitude again. No. But I mean, anything is possible, but yeah, I don't really um see anybody kind of think about that. That kind of that's a heavy, you know, legacy. That's a heavy torch right. to even try to bear, try to, to try and carry.
0: And then also yeah. we have to think about the evolution of Michael Jackson, like hate it or love it, um from the Jackson 5 to wet and wavy white skin like his whole life you know and everything in between was a moment right and he was always performing at the highest level at every stage so you have to really respect no matter what was going on in his personal life he showed up and he earned the title king of pop and we're not going to just give it to somebody else or compare it to somebody else who who doesn't have that title period
1: okay well, so let me ask you this. So um, would you say that's new slave mentality on behalf of, like, the audience of the internet or people on social media? Because I don't see new slave mentality in this scenario on Chris Brown's part. And no. obviously, you know, Mike can't represent himself. So. I think
0: the, the need to compare is the slave mentality, right? To yeah. always... Um, try to put pin one artist or entertainer, a musician, against the other. Like, who's better? Who's top? Who's that, you know, top five? You hear these conversations all the time. And it's, it's we're the ones that are saying it, right? Mm-hmm. Like, we're the ones that constantly are comparing. Even in a recent scenario, um, with the situation that happened with um, Beyonce, who sampled a song of Khaleesa's on her new album. It wasn't Khaleesa's voice. It was uh, instrumental. And Khalees was upset about it because she did not give permission. Even though the song was owned by Pharrell, she felt like she should have been included in the conversation to use the music. Um, and when she when it came out, she was very emotional. Um, she said some things that let us know that there was a really strained relationship between her and Pharrell and that she was young. She felt like she was taken advantage of. She acted very emotionally because um, her, her real strife was with Pharrell, not necessarily Beyoncé. And Beyoncé did the Queen Bee things that she do and just removed her from the, removed the song from the album, which you have to respect. But I think her reaction to me was sort of a new slave mentality in that, like we've talked before in the previous episode, things that you feel are something that happens within black culture um, from one artist to the next when you have a platform, you need to just discuss that behind closed doors. Like, you don't bring that out for everybody to see and just make a complete mockery of the situation. Like, she should have handled it differently. Um, but on the topic of needing to compare, someone in her Twitter Twitter feed said that, I'm going to say it verbatim, um, they basically said something to the notion that They feel like Khalees, no, Rihanna sort of have stepped into like, no, Khalees provided the wave that Rihanna basically took over and created the wave that Rihanna rode, sort of speak. And then Rihanna's, I mean, and then Khalees' response to that was like, oh, you know, we're going to take it one day at a time, basically saying she pretty much agrees with that, but (laughs) she's already fought one battle for the moment. Like, we're not going to go into all of that. Any thoughts on that?
1: Um yeah, when it comes to Khalice, right, uh I think she uh acted on impulse. Um I think she um her response and her reaction was um definitely like very rapid and I think it was more so emotional based um than kind of thinking about the big picture. Um my personal opinion is that I think the, the scenario was wasn't really necessarily about Beyoncé. I think it was more so about Pharrell. I feel like, you know, maybe she got wrong there wasn't you know treated properly with her contracts with Pharrell and the rights and the ownership to her material and I think honestly I think Beyonce caught a straight bullet she was just like an innocent bystander that kind of got caught in that web so um for me like I, I I'm kind of with you on that I think uh that's more so new slave mentality on her but I always like to qualify anything that I say is like I'm not an insider right I'm um, not in the inner workings of that industry mm-hmm. and everything that went on between uh, the relationship uh, with Khalees and Pharrell. Like, I don't know. Um, right. And then and then who knows what? Like, there might be some beef between Beyonce and Khalees that I wasn't aware of. They never got mm-hmm. publicized. Mm-hmm. But as they always say, any publicity is good publicity. So it's it's going to help somebody at the end of the day. Somebody going to sell some more records. Somebody going to get some more views. Somebody going to get something. Out of this this whole uh, media storm. So.
0: Okay, so what do you think about? Because here is the direct quote: um, someone said, "I feel like Rihanna wrote the wave created by Khalees," and Khalees' response was, "Let's not open that Pandora box today." LOL. One step at a time, my friend. What do you? How do you feel about that?
1: Woo! I, I'm a part of the Navy, man. Um, <laughs> um that's some that's some eth- I mean, that's kind of like you know, like that is a Pandora's box. Um, and so uh, for me, though. I, I don't see the, I don't see the direct, uh, and maybe I just wasn't watching closely enough to Kali's <laughs> at the time that Rihanna, you know, became into prominence and, and got to popping, or whatever. But I always seen them as two two separate individual monsters. They were two beasts on their own, right. um, And so, um, I think you know, I can't you,
0: th- you can't compare. I hate you so much right now. To Brella, bruh, <laughs> under my <Exactly>. own style. <laughs> exactly. Like, these are two totally different styles. I can't even, I can't even begin to see it. Because Rihanna kind of came on that Caribbean wave, you know? It wasn't, it wasn't sort of a, I feel like Khalees was like, almost like punk rock in a way that's mm-hmm. um, still pop and a little R&B. Like, she just came, she was really edgy. Rihanna has an edginess, but it's not in the same way.
1: Yeah, I think yeah, well, When um, when I first kind of started catching attention, um, uh, Rihanna started catching my attention. I, th- I thought it was more super pop. Like, I thought it was cool and jamming, but mm-hmm. to me, it was, like, sh- almost kind of, like, straight-ahead pop mm-hmm. at that time. Like, the Rihanna that we know now, like, the swag and all that, mm-hmm. I think that came a little bit later mm-hmm. in her career. I didn't really start seeing her, like, really stepping out into her individuality. She
0: evolved. Yeah,
1: she, her evolution came right. a little bit but later. But that's make so, the, yeah. great,
0: the best artist, like I was saying about Michael Jackson, is the ability to evolve right, and become better, but still, like... Be dope at every stage, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying, like I, and when somebody or an artist that's kind of timed out like Khalees says certain things, it makes it it appears to be that she's bitter, yeah. you know what I mean um, and that's really unfortunate because if if she just kind of was like, had this conversation with Beyonce's people behind closed doors or, you know, just approach the situation in a different way completely, she wouldn't have to have that stigma. You know, it's kind of like what we were talking about last week with um, how Monique reacted uh, out in public and we just gotta, that's, that whole action of being emotionally charged in the public is a problem and that is a part of the new slave mentality that we want to dismantle.
1: Yeah, I mean, mean, I'm always rocking with sisters, especially um, sisters who are doing their things and you're kind of opening, creating their own lanes and and stuff like that. Um, But, yeah, um, I always kind of question when someone, you know, that's of a certain talent doesn't last. I mean, we know how fickle audiences can be, Mm -hmm. but I think if you're really, truly uh, super talented, you know maybe you, you have a sport relationship here but i always think there's somebody else that you can work with and still get your shit off right and get your darts off and so um i don't know what happened with Kalista maybe she decided the industry wasn't for her no more like maybe like Lauren Hill who was like oh, i'm not trying to do this no more mm-hmm. but um or trying to be in that that light no more but like i, I think if you really want to be on if you really got the skills i think there's always somebody that's willing to kind of work with you so right. that you know leaves a question to be answered right. but New Slave Mentality, it is what it is New
0: Slave Mentality, man And even years ago when they were comparing Beyonce to Rihanna Like, that was problematic Because those, again, are two very different styles And even, to me, a further further of a stretch from Rihanna to Khalees Mm -hmm. Is to compare uh, Beyonce to Rihanna Because they're both, like, queens in their own right And so I just really hate this idea of comparison
1: Yeah I'm with you yeah, cuz nostalgia is undefeated. That's what I always say. Yeah. You can't beat nostalgia cuz you know music affects people especially um, the way that you know it resonates when you're living a certain experience and a song you know connects with you in a certain way mm-hmm. like you're going to always be transported to that space and time. I think like yeah. music is like a time capsule and you like you can't you know you can't overcome that. There's no, usually nothing that will beat like one dope song that resonated with you during a certain time in your life, or it could be like a a, a somber song, and you were going through like about a bout of depression or whatever. Like that song is gonna always take you back to that place, and um, you you can't beat nostalgia. So I don't even know if it's usually like even uh, uh worth debating most of the time when you got people you're talking about that are in different eras and different different time periods. So. All right, y'all, so um, on that note, we're going to take a a short break and uh, and give some time to our sponsors so we can pay these bills. We'll be right back. New Slave Podcast. Okay, thank you, ladies and gentlemen. We're back here on the New Slaves Podcast. I go by the name of Savvy Hugh, a.k.a. the Corporate Trap God.
0: I'm Danny Ray, a.k.a. the Juice Queen.
1: All righty, so we're going to take this thing on home. We got another comparison topic that we have to get to today because, you know, we're talking about comparisons and the need to compare from within our community and within our culture. Hmm. So there's probably no greater athletic debate than folks being compared to Michael, uh, Michael Jordan. And so um, folks uh, always compare uh, Kobe to Michael Jordan and they compare LeBron is it a fair comparison? Uh, Danny, you think? Of
0: course not. Michael Jordan's the greatest of all time. Like no one had the attitude, the tenacity, even like the arrogance. Kobe had a little bit of of uh Jordan's arrogance, but Jordan was really a phenomenon. He was really like poetry in motion. I really in- I'm glad I grew up in the era that I grew up in cuz I don't think I don't think we'll ever get that same type of um that, that same type of athlete again. Like yeah. Kobe came, I would say Kobe really came close. And I, let me say this too, like, because for me, it's it's the whole athlete, right? It's the whole, I know men just look at the game and <laughs> what they're able to do on the court and stats. I kind of feel like, and I don't know if this is because I was a, I'm a former athlete or because I'm a woman, I really look at the whole person, like what they stand for on and off the, the court. And I realize that doesn't affect their game, but the mentality of each player affects their game. And I like to, you know, cuz I'm I'm big in psychology, so I like to see how the mentality plays out on the court. And I think that um all three of them are phenomenal players. I grew a lot of respect for LeBron over time. I think initially, when they I feel like they were st- strongly comparing LeBron to Jordan at one point, it was irritating. It was like Knock it off. They do have totally different styles. Um, and it was just like completely unwarranted. I can understand the comparison with Kobe to Jordan. Still unnecessary. Cause you, you're, and and I, I guess in some ways it makes sense a little bit more as it relates to sports because you always are going to look at someone who you consider to be great and be like, who statistically can match that, yep. right? So it's kind of a little different than musicians. Still, I think com- the need to compare is a, is problematic overall. But um, also, it's kind of like you're evaluating um, athleticism, like, you know, their styles and how they, you know, play.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm so, glad you um, qualified that about on the court versus off the court because there's no person that revolutionized the game more than Michael Jordan. Like, there's no LeBron. There's no Kobe. Every, pretty much every player that you think is a superstar – Is basically who they are Because of some influence Or indirect influence From Mm. Michael Jordan Like this undeniable Yeah You know what I mean And Michael had his own influences But he did stuff that Like at the time You know Like was from Like he was from another planet Yeah However when it came to Like political issues Uh, Michael did not want to touch him You know what I mean He was like (laughs) um, He was
0: not a a, 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 He didn't want He wasn't necessarily Like for the people yeah, Michael's about that dollar. Yeah. My,
1: uh, yeah, you know, we always talk about the power of the dollar and things like that. And so um when it came time to make a stance, you know, even like he had teammates like uh Craig Hodges, who like pretty much lost his career because he wanted to uh, make a political stance. Mm-hmm. And he even tried to talk Michael into doing it, and Michael wasn't yeah. about that. And Michael's like, you know, other folks buy Jordans too. Um so everybody buys Jordans. So um, you know, so this is, a good and, and this is where I think LeBron, to me, kind of kind of jumps ahead of Jordan like maybe not necessarily on the court but off the court. Oh yeah yeah definitely. That's some revolutionary things he's done. One like you know pretty much becoming a a player GM like building his own teams even though he got hated for it and look at the wave now how athletes kind of form up and play with their homeboys Mm -hmm. And so that's because of LeBron and to me the most revolutionary thing LeBron did was he hired some of his homeboys from the hood to help run all of his operations and look where he's at now he basically enabled them to go and get the knowledge and the education and the skills to run his whole enterprise. And so yep.
0: in addition to that, I can't. That's I have, the
1: greatest in, 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 in that avenue. I mean, I'm a I'm a brother. So, you know, that, that resonates with me, you know, employing his own people. In addition to that, yeah.
0: I respect any black man that values education. He also has the Promise School that educates um you know, black and brown children. Like I can really appreciate that. Like that's that's major. And he's he's a he's a a prime example of like the nuclear family, the black nuclear family. And I, knowing that, seeing that for myself, and knowing like you know from high school, it ain't been no controversy, ain't been no drama, no cheating rumors. Like you have to respect the man, you know. And he's a family man. So I, this is important. And I and, and it's not. It's not necessarily important if we're on ESPN having a conversation about, you know, someone's uh style of playing. It may not be important, but this is the New Slave podcast. Absolutely. And we are and we're identifying, you know, new new slave mentality. More. And so we have to also acknowledge when someone that we're talking about exemplifies exemplifies black excellence, you know what I'm saying? Like that's it's rare. And yeah. and again, LeBron, it was cuz I remember when LeBron had the controversy, like when his mother was in the in the in the stands or something, and she said something, and I think he turned around and told her to sit her ass down or shut the fuck up or something. It was something that was mm. wild, and again, it shaped every, everybody's mentality. Again, we didn't know the you know the backstory of it, but over time, we kind of found out the strained relationship that he had with his mom, and to even come from that and still be like a great example of a of a a black athlete, like. He has all my respect.
1: Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, yeah. That, that's that's you know beyond commendable. Um, and you also got to think about it. The way they both came into the league was um, between Jordan and LeBron was different. John, LeBron was like on the cover of Sports Illustrated as like a high school basketball player. Mm-hmm. So the spotlight has been on him from mm-hmm. a very very young age. Mm-hmm. You know, Michael kind of rose from the ashes a little bit, and to have that type of pressure and mm-hmm. that type of spotlight, that type of visibility, true. and not fuck up. Yeah. <laughs> oh, come on, man! Like, after all this time, to me, like, yo, m- much respect. That's black excellence. That's yeah. um, you know what I mean. That's definitely like breaking a new slave mentality. For sure. Yeah. And no, there's nobody that's perfect. Like, I don't, you know, think you should idolize nobody. But if you want an example of kind of how to represent and and, and hold your, your your community down and hold right. your people down, I, I don't think it gets no better than that. And it's hard yeah. to
0: do at that level, right? Yeah. You're making a lot of money. You know, like. Because we also got to talk about the controversy where, you know, even though I don't like to talk about people who passed on, but Kobe had the controversy with the the white girl and, you know, whatever sexual interaction they had and that whole drama, you know, it's just, it's just not a good look. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? At all. And I feel like at the time where all these comparisons were made, like a lot of people were pissed with Kobe at that moment. I, I think not just us, I think everybody was pissed with Kobe at that moment. And it kind of overshadowed his talent for a brief moment. So um, he did come out of it, but I don't think, I think they're all very different, especially with this conversation on and off the court. They're all very different, which is why you can't really make a comparison.
1: Right. I think uh, you wrapped that up in an eloquent way. And so today that's going to conclude our episode of new slaves podcast. Once again, make sure y'all hit the like button. Drop a comment and make sure y'all hit that subscribe button and we're going to catch y'all on the next episode. But what should we get into on the next episode? What do you think? Listen, I want to
0: discuss this whole <clears throat> fluid out culture, right? Because I recently saw something on, I think, YouTube where there's this expectation that if a man flies you out, that you're supposed to give up the goodies. And it's like a huge controversy. So we really need to to dig into this entitled idea when a man flies you out that you're supposed to do something sexual
1: yeah you write about entitlement you write <laughs> about you write you write right about that um <laughs> Uh, so I think um, it
0: depends on the man But we gonna talk about
1: it I, next week I think it depends on the woman But yeah we are gonna get into it um, okay. So it's you know New slave mentality must be dissected It must be <laughs> assessed And it must be uh, analyzed critically From all from all angles yeah. And we're definitely gonna do that Thank y'all again for joining us on this episode of the New Slave Podcast We'll catch y'all next week Again like, comment, and subscribe Because we gotta what? DTN We gotta do these numbers All right, y'all, and on that note, Annabellum Antioch, Men's Missionary Baptist Mass Choir, take us out.
0: Don't you trust Trust them new niggas (laughs) over there. Don't don't you trust them new (laughs) niggas over there. Don't you trust them new niggas with their fingers on the trigger? Trust them new niggas over there. Sing it for me one more time. Trust them new niggas over there. Oh, tell 'em about it. trust them new niggas over there? there. Feeling in my soul. Don't you trust them new niggas? Yeah. 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 Don't trust them new niggas, fellas.
1: Over, Over there and-